Good morning, my friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our midweek Bible study called Morning Glory. Today, I want to invite you to take your Bible and let's go to Psalm 46. And today we will be studying verse 10. Praise the Lord. I want to talk today about waiting. Waiting is always the hardest part. But when you understand this is something that all of the saints go through in the process of answered prayer and the deeper communion with the Lord, then understanding that will prove to be very, very beneficial to you making amazing spiritual gains in your personal walk with the Lord. So today we'll be in Psalm 46. We're going to go directly to verse 10. Let's open up today in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that your word is life-giving, that as we study it today and meditate on it, it is going to produce the results that we are looking for. And as we apply it to our lives, we thank you that we will enjoy the beautiful fruit that it's going to produce. Now, in advance, we give you all the praise. We thank you in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen. Now, before we jump into verse 10, let me share that uh, daily we receive prayer requests here at the ministry. I invite you to mail in your prayer request, or if you prefer the much faster format, you can always email us. And the email is contact at stephenbrooks.org. And those emails will come in, whether they are written emails or whether they come in online. Now, if they come in online, then our administrator will take those emails, will combine them together, the daily emails together, so that I can see them. Now, I will say this honestly. Every email, or let me say it like this, every prayer request that does come in, I see it with my own eyes. Don't, don't think that, you know, I'm getting so many thousands of emails every day that I can't, I can't see it. Now, by God's grace, perhaps in the very near future, we will have such an influx where I just, I can't even see them all, but I will still always be informed of them. But as of right now, yes, any email that comes in, and we get a lot from all over the world, all over America, of course. And they're written in, they're emailed in, but I'm, I'm able to uh, still daily take that time, look at them, and pray for every one of you. Now, here's the thing. I don't have time to answer all of them, and I, I know you would understand that. If I start personally answering every email uh, and every letter, then I'm going to be uh, writing literally eight to ten hours a day, and that would be uh, not good for my prayer life, and so we have to we have to keep things in the right balance, but I do want you to know that although I am not able to personally respond to every prayer request. I still, however, will see those prayer requests, and I and our ministry team, we will take them before the Lord, and you will be prayed for. Praise God. And, you know, along with the prayer requests, we get uh, testimonies, and uh, there's, there's cards, uh, uh, just people that say, hey, thank you for the ministry, the messages are our blessing, and I want you to know, yes, I see them. Your, your card doesn't come in the mail and get stuck over on some shelf and uh, Pastor Stephen never sees it. No, there's not an email. 
There's not a letter. There's not a card that does not pass before me. It, the, these things are placed on my desk daily. I review them. I take a look at them. And I appreciate them. So some of you, you're so kind, you send me uh, gift cards such as Starbucks or other things like that or restaurant cards, and I appreciate that. And yes, they show up on my desk. Praise the Lord. Your cards, your letters, your, your testimonies, and just, you know, that the way that the messages are blessing you, you know, I take those things to heart, and they are a blessing to me. Thank you for sending them in. So I want to encourage you. If you have prayer requests, we are here. We pray for you. We pray over your prayer request. And they will not go unseen. We see every single one, and we bring them before the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, we're going to be, again, as I mentioned, in Psalm 46, verse 10. And there is something about waiting that can be very difficult, uh, particularly when it comes to prayers. Or, and I'm not just talking about random prayers, but things sometimes that you just really, really want to know, and you have a great burden in your heart to know. Uh, there is going to be an element of waiting involved in that. Right now, uh, for those of you that are watching this message, when it, as we would say, is first coming out, um, we're still in summer. So we're going to be moving into fall very soon, but I'm waiting, praise the Lord, uh, for that time of fall when the pumpkin spice latte drinks are made by the local coffee houses. Now, there are a couple of uh, coffee houses, they'll, they, they'll make you anything you want, but there are a few others, like, you know, Starbucks, they're really good at pumpkin spice latte. I'm always looking for that to uh, be on the menu, but, you know, it doesn't come out until the fall. So, I, you just have to wait. I actually had somebody make me one about a month ago, and um, uh, whew, it, it tasted like medicine. I thought, well, I'll just wait. Waiting's hard to do, but I'll just wait so that I get the right thing uh, made the right way. But, you know, whether you're waiting for Christmas, whether you're waiting for whatever it might be, it can, it can be uh, trying, but it develops patience, and it helps you to mature in your faith, but also... I believe that it will really help you dig because if you really want to know and it's something that the Lord will permit you to know, uh, then you can find out if you really pursue the Lord. Now, there are some things, as it says in the Old Testament, the secret things belong unto the Lord. So there are some things that would be outside of our boundaries that uh, it doesn't. It doesn't involve us, and so it may be if it's personal for somebody else, then we are not allowed to peek into that. That's just between that person and the Lord. But I would pretty much say that almost 99.99% of the stuff involving your life, okay, what's going on in your world, uh, if you have questions, God's got answers, and I would highly encourage you to pursue Him in these areas of what is God's will for your life, that specific plan he has for your life because you know with your life you can go in a million different directions so you have you have destiny you have you know you have questions God's got answers and we need to really seek after him to get these answers now verse 10 be still and know that I am God I will be exalted among the nations I will be exalted in the earth. And of course, one of those exaltations of the Lord's reputation around the world is that God 
is able to give you specific insight to even areas that we would say would be veiled or dark or secretive. So one of the ways to get into that category of piercing darkness. Now, when I'm talking about darkness, I'm not referring to sin, although sin can be classified often in the scriptures as darkness. But I'm talking about darkness from a perspective of not knowing. Not that it's bad, it's just that it's dark because you don't know. So you need illumination. You need the Lord to light your candle. And I am happy to say that He can certainly turn on the light. So we get into that area of deeper revelation. We get into that area of what we would call the very deep areas of the heart being illuminated and answered to by this process of becoming still. I wish that I could say it's real easy, but the truth is that until we are taken out of these bodies, as long as you're on this planet, you and I, we live in a physical body. Don't ever forget that you are a spirit. There are some Christians, they have no clue that they're a spirit. They just think they're a body they're, they're, because they're so body conscious and they're not really developed spiritually. But the truth is, is that you are an eternal spirit. You have a soul, which is your mind, your will, and your emotions, and you live in your body. But your body is just not all you. Your, the, the body is just the house that you as a spirit live in. Woo, praise the Lord. So as long as we are in these physical bodies, um, we're going to have to work with this area of getting still because the flesh can be so squirmy. It can have so many good reasons of why you should do anything else but sit there and pray and be still and hear from the Lord. Uh, but this is something that by God's grace and by your pursuit and your best effort, you can come into that place where you do become still and you begin to pick up on the frequency of God. You begin to get on that wavelength, which is a spiritual wavelength of what God's will is for your life. And when you get into the spirit like that, uh, it's really, uh, I would say wide open. When I say wide open, uh, you can't miss it. That's what I'm trying to get across to you. You can know beyond the shadow of a doubt. Praise the Lord. You know, I was really encouraged years back when a good friend of mine, Dr. Y, uh, excuse me, Dr. Wade Taylor, introduced me to the ministry of a man who was a prophet named Walter Butler. Now, Walter Butler has been with the Lord in heaven for quite some time. I think he passed away in 1972 or 1974. But uh, Mr. Butler had a uh, remarkable walk with the Lord. He was like an Enoch who walked with God. And uh, Walter Butler originally, he immigrated to America from Germany. So he was German. Uh, you can probably pick that up with the last name Butler. And he came over to America, got saved as a young man, and then got into Bible college and then was launched by the Lord into mainly overseas ministry. He went to over 100 nations preaching and teaching, mainly teaching. He could preach, but he was mainly a teacher, and he taught in a specialty area. And that niche area was the manifest presence of the Lord. Praise God. And he was sent by the Lord to teach that because of his personal experience with God in those areas. But really, the, the ministry of Walter Butler 
was launched out of an encounter that he had with the Lord, a supernatural encounter where Jesus appeared to him, shared remarkable insight with him from the scriptures. And Jesus said, this is going to be your field of specialty. And then after the Lord left and that vision ended, then somebody else came and appeared to Walter Butler and tried to talk him out of it. And that was Satan. Satan came after that great visitation and tried to wreck what God wanted to do before it could ever really get the official launch. But thank God, Brother Butler, he held to that word the Lord gave him and he resisted the devil and he was able to be released into that ministry. But when you look deeper into the, into the prophetic ministry of Walter Butler, you will also come across the story of how he explained that before the Lord ever came to him and shared those remarkable insights with him that launched him into a global ministry of visiting over 100 nations and sharing the gospel. He said that he had gotten alone to seek the Lord in fasting and prayer. He sensed that the Lord wanted to visit him. So he separated himself, took some time away and uh, checked himself into a hotel, told his wife, I need to go seek the Lord. She understood that. She knew she was married with, uh, to a prophet. And that, that comes with the territory. So he goes and he begins to seek the Lord. And, you know, after, after 48 hours of just constant prayer, hardly getting any sleep, but just going before the throne of God and fasting with no food, uh, he was fatigued. And he sat down on the bed in the hotel room, and this is what he said. He said, my, it sure takes the Lord a long time to answer. Be careful. Be careful. Now, the, the Lord hears every word that we say. But the moment Walter Butler said that, the Holy Spirit responded and said, to rush God is to find fault with God. Okay, so in your seeking, in your efforts to become still, there is going to be a time element involved in that. And you have to understand, you cannot rush God. You can't force Him to say anything or to manifest or to do anything. You're going to have to put your time in. And, you know, Brother Butler repented of that statement and repented of that attitude of heart. And because of his repentance, uh, right after that, the Lord came in wild. And then, you know, he had an amazing encounter with the Lord. But my friends, this thing of becoming still is something that we all have to battle. Now, one day as believers, when the Lord comes back, if it happens in our lifetime, it'll be wonderful because that means we get to skip over the grave. Should the Lord come back in our lifetime, we will go to meet him in the air and he'll take us home with him while we are in heaven. We will be absent and we will miss out on what is known as the great tribulation, a period when God's wrath is poured upon the wicked sinners of the earth who rejected him, who rejected Christ. And we will be absent during that time. That's the time the Antichrist will rule and reign. And there is no safe place during the Great Tribulation. There will be uh, vials and bowls of wrath poured out and the fury of God poured out upon the wicked beyond anything the earth has ever seen before. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we will be in the safe place. We will be with the Lord. Now, it is important to understand that 
until we get that glorified body and our bodies uh, are transformed. Woo! Praise God. And we get these immortal bodies that never grow tired, that, that have all of the sin nature completely removed. And there's no more, as we would say, struggle with the flesh. Until that time, you're going to have to really work with your body to get steel. As you know, you can get your physical body steel, but the soulish mind can be, I mean, going full speed ahead. So you're going to have to get to a place where you learn to arrest your mind. And there are times when your mind needs to be active. And there are times you need to be up and doing things. But there's other times when you're in that seeking mode, when you're in your devotional time, you have to train yourself to get still. Praise God. And if you can do that, you'll really be able to hear from the Lord, and you'll hear some of the most beautiful things from the Lord. So it's worth it. Now, uh, of course, Walter Butler, he understood how to get into that place. But once you get into it, let me say it like this. It's like riding a bicycle. Once you've learned to ride a bicycle, you know, you may not get back on it for a while. You know, it's, it's been maybe... I don't know, at least a year since I got on a bicycle. No, not that long. It, it actually was about four months ago I got on a bicycle. But, you know, uh, I could get on one today and could still ride. And actually, the last time I got on a bicycle, I did something I shouldn't have d uh, done because I was with, um, uh, you know, my, my family. We had an outing. And uh, my son-in-law is very uh, physically fit. And, uh, you know, was a collegiate uh, tennis star. And so, uh, you know, he, he's very athletic. So he, now he's in the mountain biking and stuff like that. And had an extra mountain bike. And uh, so I, I got on the mountain bike trail with them. And we went through this, uh, this elevated path where you have a real skinny board. You have to ride across. And the board's like, you know, three or, you know, three or four feet off the ground. And uh, I went through it. It was real, uh, you know, if you go off. Just like three inches, you're going to go off and you're going to have a big wreck or something like that. Well, I went through it and uh, got to the other side and I thought, wow, I did it. I wouldn't want to do that again. Well, at the end of the day, uh, they thought, hey, let's go through it again. And I thought, well, I've already done it once. I don't want to do it again. That was really difficult for me. And I'm not a spring chicken anymore. But they, they uh, uh, you know, son-in-law and others, they, uh, you know, zipped through the course real fast. I thought, I'll do it. I'll just do it one more time. And got to that real high part on that little skinny board. And off the side I went. And went straight over the front of the handlebars. And uh, I had a helmet on. But went, boom, straight down. Straight down. Hit my head. And I didn't get knocked out, but I did, uh, I did get the wind knocked out of me. I was still conscious, but uh, laid there for a little bit. God's angels protected me, and I realized, you know, I should be more careful. Praise God. And because uh, I thought, well, I've done it once. Don't, don't do it again. <laughs> but we have to become still. Praise the Lord. Uh, I think there's many things where sometimes we just, we, we want to go, 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 go. And there's, that's a good part. God puts that in us. But there's these other areas where you have to just say, well, I've gone enough. I think I'll just stop right there. Praise the Lord. And you know what, my friends? When you learn to become more sensitive like that, you, um, you'll start hearing from the Lord. Praise God. You know, before I got on that, that course again and went through it again, that 
still small voice. It wasn't even a voice, but that inner witness of the Holy Spirit just was like prompting me. You already did it. You already made it through the course once, and it was very difficult. It was called like an advanced level. You don't need to do it again. Just once was enough. But second time I, I did it anyhow, and off I went. Praise the Lord. So we're all in this where we're just constantly refining our ability to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Now, let's, let's continue on. Be still and know that I am God. Now, the deeper the mystery that you want to know, the more veiled the answer uh, that you're looking for. And the, the, you have the question, but the answer is totally veiled. The stiller for a longer period you're going to have to become. Now, you can get that answer. You can get that revelation. You can hear from God. But you're going to have to become still extensively to pick that up. You may have to make extra time for this. Now, in the early 1900s, there was a man uh, that was an old-time Pentecostal holiness preacher. And when I read his stories, to me, they, they actually kind of make me laugh because he was like a country dude that uh, had an anointing. He had a very strong anointing, but he was still a country guy. And uh, he had to do things the way God created him to do it. And it worked for him, but it was very unique. And he was a specialist in this area. He could hear from God. But in order to hear from God and get these crazy answers that he would get, he he had to pay the price for it. Mm -hmm. So sometimes people see the anointing and they see the manifestation and they see the miracle, but they can't really relate to what that person went through to get that. Praise the Lord. Well, this man's name was G. C. Bevington. His book, if you want to write it down, is called Remarkable Incidents and Modern Miracles Through Prayer and faith. And let me just tell you, when you read some of his crazy stories, they are nothing less than remarkable. They, they are totally supernatural, and they are literally modern miracles, nothing short of what you would read about in the Bible happening in his ministry and in his life. And he is very open about the path that God would take him through in order to see the manifestation of the Spirit in such dramatic ways. And really, it was a path that takes you into a place where you have to become totally still so that you can keenly hear from God. Because if you're not hearing, you can't fake this out. You can't fabricate and fake real valid miracles. You can't do it. And so in order to get into the real deal, you're going to have to get real still. I like that, praise God. In order to get into the real deal, you're going to have to get real still. Mm -mm. Be still. I'm just telling you, the psalmist knew what he was talking about. He knew what he was talking about. Be still and know. If you don't get still, you're not going to know. I wish I could tell you that maybe there's another door somewhere else to go through in order to get into this knowing. But uh, all I can teach you is from my personal experience and my knowledge of the Scriptures that if you really want to know, you can. But if you really want to know, you're going to have to get still. And if you're not willing to 
pay that price tag and accept that there will be some things that God wants you to know, but they're going to elude you because they're going to stay veiled and hidden in the spirit realm. And you can't get into that realm in the flesh. And you know that it just, you can't, you can't go there in that vehicle. The vehicle of the flesh will not take you into the mysteries of God. You will not unveil them. <laughs> Woo. Glory to God. Well, uh, Brother Bevington, he had, a, he had a minister come up to him one time, uh, another preacher, and he came up to Bevington and said, he said, Brother Bevington, me and the local ministers, the other ministers, well, you know, we know you have a reputation. Now, this reputation was not just local. This, this reputation that Bevington had had gone out through various states, you know, the states of um, uh, Kentucky and uh, various states and all, all over that area. And there, there's a lot of hotbeds of revival. There were a lot of Methodist movements and holiness movements going on. And but people had heard that this guy Bevington, uh, he could get on a spiritual trail and he could track that trail and he can get to the answer no matter how complex the question is. He can get the answer. He can he can get into the throne room and he can find out. And so this minister said, Bevington, we have heard of your reputation. We've got a case for you, and I want to ask if you'll take the case. He said, well, what is it? You know, like any detective, but see, he's like a spiritual detective. And the preacher said, well, we have a case involving a family member in the church of one of the pastors who also wants you to, you know, trail this thing out. Track it and find out what really happened. We have a case that's uh, very perplexing. We have a husband and a wife and a beautiful teenage daughter and a tragedy that has come into their life that has shooken them to the core and it has, it has, it has really shooken the church and nobody can figure out the answer to it. And I, I would give you more detail, but it would take, it'd take too long on you could read about it if you want to get the book, which I would encourage you to do. Now, Bevington said, um, he said, let me take it before the Lord. Okay, so let's just talk just for a moment about how this works in real life. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. Let me explain to you how it worked for Bevington. And let me explain also as we talk a little bit today about how it works for me. It works like God says it does. Be still and know. If you, if you get this first part, you'll get into the second part. It's not easy for the best of us. It's not easy. It's, not, it's a real challenge with your flesh. Be still. Now, Bevington said, let me take it before the Lord. So what did he do? He did what Bevington did, which is not what is my style. It's probably not your style, but remember, he's a country guy. So he, you know, he was raised out in the woods. So when this was presented to him by these, you know, city preachers, he said, all right, let me take it before the Lord. So he does what he does. He goes out to the woods and he goes way out into the woods where there's nobody around or anything like that. I'm talking way out the backwoods and he finds a, a tree, an old tree that has fallen over. That's been hollowed out on the inside. It's just an old log and he crawls into it. I told you this is probably not your method, 
But it doesn't matter the method. All it matters is the principle and the results that will come out of it. He crawls into a log and he lays there without coming out for 10 days. I told you, be still. Pastor Stephen, I want to know in 10 minutes. Maybe some surface things on the top you can get. Maybe some easy things that you don't really have to dig for you can get. But the other things that literally are hidden, sometimes even hidden by God himself, you're going to have to dig, and that's the only way. And that digging involves becoming very, very still in your body, very, very still in your mind. You have to get so quiet in your mind that there's nothing going on. It's just you and God, because sometimes he speaks so softly. It's just like, it's just, you're just right on that edge. You can barely hear it, but you have to get so still. And when you do, it'll start flowing like revelation, like a liquid. It starts flowing. And Bevington said, he laid there in that log for 55 hours. Okay, so that's over two days. He laid there for 55 hours before he could finally get to the point of picking up on the truth where God said, take this case. Because he said, Lord, is this something that would glorify you? Lord, do you really want me to search out this matter? Do you want, is this something that would bring glory to you and would bless the body of Christ? And basically, after 55 hours of him laying still in a log, no food, and just trying to get quiet, the Lord said, yes, I want you to take up the case. And he just laid there, and he prayed, and he laid there, and he prayed. Sure, you would, you would doze off for a little bit, get a little sleep, but just kind of wake up and just stay there. And you're staying in the presence of the Lord. And he said, I got on the trail. Now remember, this is a spiritual trail. He got on the trail, and after 10 days, he came out of that log. God showed him exactly what had happened, how it had happened, pulled the veil off the mystery that nobody could understand, pulled the veil off of it, and Bevington was like, oh, my goodness. Woo! You know what he did? He went back to those pastors. He went back to those ministers who said, take up the case, ferret it out, get on the trail and find out what really happened. He went back to those city preachers and he told them, this is exactly what happened. And you know what they did? They all got mad at him. And the pastor who was the pastor of the church where it had actually happened at on his property as a dirty deed that was done. The pastor said, that would never happen in my church. Such a thing would never happen. And you're trying to, you're trying to sully and ruin the reputation of my church. You're just an old kook. You're a fraud. Mm, and they rejected him. And they even said, we'll pay you to get out of town. Just, and that, that pastor was so mad. He said, look, I'll give, I'll give you the money. Just take your bags and you and your crazy ways and just get out of here. I never want to see you again. I'll, I'll, uh, and, you know, Bevington said, no, 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 no. He said, you wanted the truth. Uh, he said, I don't play these games. You don't, don't give me giving me money trying to get me out of here. I, you can't bribe me. You can't buy me. 
But they did reject him. They said, we don't know. We, we're not going for this. You know what he did? He made a beeline straight to that family. But the problem was before he made that beeline, he didn't know where they lived at. The husband, the wife, and the daughter, the teenage daughter, he didn't know where they lived. So he went right back out into the, into the woods, went back into the log, and said, God, you've got to show me. And he laid there, got still again. And then the Lord showed him. And he got out of that log and went straight through the woods. And, you know, it was over the hills and through the dale and stuff like that. And he found where they lived because the Lord had showed him. And he knocked on the back door. And the mother opened the door. The, the moment she opened the door, she knew a prophet of God was standing there. She began to weep and she began to, she began to cry uncontrollably. She said, come in. And uh, uh, long story short, the prophet, Brother Bevington, had told him exactly what happened. This is what happened to your daughter. And it brought peace to that husband and wife and the daughter that only God could bring. Only God could heal a situation like that. Mm -hmm. Woo! glory glory to God mm -mm. and of course when that happened and the the true testimony came out of, of the, it being valid well then his reputation as a man who could hear from God it was you know it, it was just uh increased and expanded praise God but my friends don't skip this these little two words be still we all want the next two words and no but the deeper it is of what it is you want to know, the more still you're going to have to become. Now, it may not be as extreme where you've got to literally stop everything for 10 days and lay, just lay down. You may not even be able to do that. But, but if you really needed to, I sure hope that you would. If, if the life of your son or daughter or, or, your, or your spouse depended on it, I sure hope you would. Mm, mm, mm. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. These things, these things, some of these things are totally lost in the modern day church. And I know when I share stuff like this, there are some people they've never, they've never even heard stuff like this before. But let me tell you, it's still happening today. There are people that still walk in it today. And God, God would love for you to meet him in these secret places. He would love for you to come on in into uh, a company of people who know his voice. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you're a prophet, but it does mean that you can be prophetic. Woo, glory to God. I'm sure that many of you, uh, particularly those of you that have studied church history or have been in Pentecostal or charismatic circles for a while, you have probably heard of the minister known as John G. Lake, and he was an apostle to Africa, and he started many churches, and many miracles happened, and then he came back to America, and he pastored, and he, uh, uh, you know, he had a very strong healing ministry. Uh, that's probably a little bit of an understatement. He had a very, very powerful healing ministry, very strong anointing, and John G. Lake was a man that he had his own very deep walk with God. He was a true apostle. But I think we also should understand that he, uh, he knew a lot of other ministers who at that time were at the forefront of ministry. He knew William Seymour. And he actually t said that he talked with William Seymour. Now, William Seymour was the man that God chose to spearhead what we knew as the Azusa Street Revival which ran from 1903 to 1906, a very powerful move of the Holy Spirit. 
praise God, actually, excuse me, 1906 to 1909. So uh, John G. Lake knew William Seymour and that that Azusa Street revival spread literally all over the world. It's a very powerful move of God. Well, John G. Lake said, I talked with William Seymour and I asked him, how long do you pray every day? And he said that Seymour answered him and said, he said, I used to pray five hours every day. But now that the revival has taken place and we're having all of these meetings going on every day and people are coming in from all over the world, he said, I now pray seven hours a day. Mm-mm. So I'm about to tell you something, but I want you to understand what I'm about to tell you in the context of who John G. Lake was, of who he knew, of knowing some real spiritual heavyweights such as Seymour himself. But John G. Lake said the most advanced person he ever met spiritually, the most spiritually advanced person he ever met was a lady that lived out in the country who wasn't a preacher, who wasn't a prophet, who wasn't a famed evangelist. She was just a housewife that had a phenomenal walk with God. Praise the Lord. And Mr. Lake, he actually gave her name. I, I don't have it written down, but I, if I remember correctly, her name was something like Mrs. Frug. It was a very unusual name. And this is what he said about her. He said that she was the most spiritually advanced person he ever met. She actually came up to him one day, and this is what kind of like started a, fr- a friendship where he had with her and the family, uh, her family. She came to him one day and said, uh, Dr. Lake, Jesus Christ came into my house came into my kitchen, and I was sitting at my kitchen table. He came into my kitchen, and he pulled up one of the chairs at the table. And of course, he came in a vision. You understand that, right? It was, she was seeing a vision. And she said, he sat down at the table with me and answered every single question I have ever wanted to ask him about my life. Woo! How about that? Dr. Lake said, is that right? She said, yes, that's correct. That's true. He goes, oh. He goes, just a minute. And he goes, gets a piece of, uh, piece of paper, and he gets a, a pencil, and he starts writing out a whole bunch of stuff on the piece of paper. They're questions. And he finishes, and he gives the piece of paper to her and says, next time you see the Lord, please give this to him and get the answers for me. And he had a bunch of questions on there that things that he, he was just like, uh, I wouldn't say things that maybe disturbed him, but just puzzled him. Things that he wanted to know. Well, Dr. Lake said about two weeks later, he's outside of his house, and he sees that lady walking over the hills coming towards his house, and she's smiling. And she's, she's got that piece of paper in her hand. Mm-mm. How many of you know this is real? This is not make-believe stuff. This is a real God who talks. This is a real God who wants you to know. He just, he just requires that you go through the first commandment listed to step into this, which is what? Become still. Get still and you'll know. So she's coming towards him. She comes up to him. He knew what was going on. She hands him the piece of paper. And he's, he looks at it and he starts reading. He starts reading the, question number one. And then she's got the answer that the Lord personally gave her uh, written underneath it. He said, after he just 
read the first two because there's a whole list after he just read the first two he just threw his hands up and said my God only Jesus himself could have given these answers because they were very personal very pertaining to the dr. Lake's life and he'd given her permission of course to ask that and the Lord responded mm -mm. now I knew a lady like that that was I was privileged to know me and my wife knew her uh, her name was Maya her husband was our treasurer for the Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International. And her and her husband, uh, they would assist us with the meetings that me and Kelly used to conduct. And I'll tell you, that woman, uh, she had that same anointing. She could go before the Lord and get an answer for any great man of God. And when Demas Shakarian, who is the founder of Full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship International, and that was an organization that William Branham spoke for, that Kenneth Hagin spoke for, that uh, Norval Hayes spoke for. Uh, you have to understand back in the day, that was big. That was the main platform for most of the well-known Pentecostal ministers at that time. But when Demas needed to hear from the Lord, and he couldn't get it himself because, you know, he's got so many distractions and so many things going on. He'd be looking for, guess who? For Maya. Why? Because she could get that answer. She could get that word from the Lord. Why? She was having these supernatural experiences. Praise the Lord. Even the apostle over my life, his ministry was founded because one day the Holy Spirit told Maya to get into a car and drive. She said, where I'm going, where am I going? The Lord said, I'll tell you where to go. You're going to go and call uh, a young man into the ministry that I've called for ministry. So she uh, makes a left, makes a right, goes on this street, goes on that street, pulls up to this business, walks in and tells this young man, says, the Lord calls you into the ministry. You're supposed to, you're supposed to leave what you're doing. And he had his own business making a quarter million dollars a year. You know, this was decades ago. So that was really good money. Okay. And so. You know, she says, you're supposed to close all this down and come serve the Lord and, and serve him in the ministry. He says, oh, no. He says, I'm not shutting all this down. He said, he said, God would have to shut my business. God, God would have to bankrupt this business for me to close this down because he's making more money than he ever made in his life. He had his own sign business. Well, uh, I mean, because the pastor, he told me the story. He said, oh, he said the moment she gave that word. And I, I didn't want to receive it. He said everything started drying up with my business. I had to eventually lay off all my employees. I had to shut the whole thing down. And he was headed towards not just millionaire, but multi-millionaire status because he had a proprietary technology that was years ahead of anybody else. And he got out of all of that. And eventually other companies figured out how, how, how to do what he was doing. But he, yeah, he could have made a lot of money. But that wasn't God's plan for him to go into the, the what we would call the secular arena. God had him called as an apostle to demonstrate signs, wonders, and miracles, and to raise up an apostolic and prophetic generation. And today I'm one of his spiritual sons carrying on that anointing. Praise God. But my friends, there are, there are people that have that walk with the Lord. Maya was not a prophetess. Uh, no, she was a housewife. She was a housewife. She was no more a preacher than I'm an astronaut. And she was not either a teacher. Now, she understood the word, but she was just a person that um, she was in prayer almost all the time. She had a phenomenal walk with the Lord. And I would say that you can, too, if you're willing to get yourself still. You'll start to heal. You'll start, you'll start to hear 
Woo, hallelujah, praise God. And I'll tell you what, that'll spoil you. You, you get spoiled by this revelation knowledge. You get spoiled by this, this rich life of spiritual life. And you're just like, hey, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay in this. The, the Lord Jesus one time told me that it's actually called the slipstream of heaven. That's why Elisha, the prophet, he didn't need, he didn't need somebody to like, hey, hey somebody come pray for me. He didn't need that. He was walking in that realm. He was walking in that realm. He never, he never got so busy with administration and all of that other stuff, even though he had, you know, schools of the prophets or what we would call today from a new, new covenant perspective, schools of ministry. He never got so tied up with administrative and all, doing all this stuff that he lost that edge. He always maintained it and kept it real, real strong. Real, real strong. And because of that, uh, he just walked in that, that flow. He, he could hear. And so, you know, he had the servant, and the servant couldn't even see all of the angels that were all around when they had that crisis situation. But Elisha could pray for him, and then he could be pulled into that prophetic seer realm. Praise the Lord. But that is a realm that you can begin to merge into. Uh, there is a price tag, and it is steep. And it, uh, it's very, very costly. It's that, it, it's that ability to pay that price to get yourself still. Mm -mm. Because if you don't get still, you can make stuff up. But in your heart, you know, I'm just blowing hot air. It may even sound good, but you know, uh, uh, th this is not the real thing. This is like you're just playing around. You're just having fun. You're having fun with it. But you know, that's not really the word that delivers Mm -mm -mm. Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when you start getting into that stream, you'll also, uh, you could also hear what I would call an emptiness in others that, that are trying to proclaim something, but they've never gotten still. It's all coming out of their soul. It's all coming out of their soul. Praise God. And you know, the, the people that sit at the front in the Azusa Street meetings were real sharp. They were real sharp. And, uh, if Seymour wasn't preaching, he was upstairs in the upper, uh, they had a, like an upper room. He'd be up there praying, and he, but he could hear what was going on downstairs. And if, if the meeting started going a strange direction that wasn't the, the path that God wanted that meeting to go for that service, then he would, he would stomp on the floor. And the intercessors on the front and those that were real keen in the spirit, they would all start praying, get it back on course, get, get it back in the direction of where it's supposed to go. So they're real smart. And if you know, if you were a guest minister from maybe overseas or Europe or something like that, and you came in to uh, catch the fire of the Azusa Street meeting, uh, but maybe they were nice to you, and they would let you come up and share something. And, and sometimes this would happen where some of these guest ministers, they would get up and uh, not quite recognize the atmosphere of the anointing. So they would start doing their religious thing or how can I say start espousing their, their stuff. Uh, and so that happened with one of these fellows that really thought he was somebody. Uh, in his own in his own vain mind he did but he's very prideful and he's just talking and talking and one of the ladies on the front said she just said brother we love you but would you please sit down can't you see you don't have any anointing we all we all recognize that can't you recognize that everything you're doing has absolutely no anointing on it Woo! so you get these people they're like the emperor who has no clothes but all of his yes men have told him oh yes you do but I tell you what watch out in revival that's to, you get exposed if you don't have it you get exposed mm, mm, mm. hallelujah I've seen it happen 
I've seen it happen. Mm -mm, don't, don't be fake. Be real. Pay the price. Or just stay quiet. Mm -mm. Ooh, I could go a different route and have a lot of fun, but I think I'd better move on so we stay on track. One more scripture. One more scripture. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. Now let's move into verse 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, okay, here's a question. He goes up in the watchtower. He's prayed. This is the man of God. This is the prophet Habakkuk. He prays. He really, in a way, pours out his, I, I wouldn't call it a complaint, but he's, he's just like, Lord, everything's looking so negative. And, you know, this is the way it looks. Is, is it ever going to change? Is it going to get any better? And so he pours all this out, and then he, he waits. What is God going to respond to everything I said? What is going, all the questions I put out, what? Answers going to be that are going to come back. So, verse 2, then the Lord answered me. Back to my question. How much time transpired between verse 1, where he puts out all of these questions, and verse 2, and then the Lord answered? How much time? Oh, well, Pastor, Pastor Stephen, only, only 10 minutes. That's the way God works. No, 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 no. That's, uh, that, that's a rarity. That's a rarity. The deeper the questions and the more veiled they are, the longer the waiting is. I don't know how long he was in that rampart. Maybe that maybe that's see for Bevington is the hollow log. For for Butler, it's sitting in the chair in the dark for hours and hours from two thirty in the morning to five thirty in the morning, walking with God, walking with God, putting hours in just to get one word from the Lord. Mm -mm. Oh, Habakkuk, got, he got the word all right. But uh, I would encourage you to look behind the scenes and realize he didn't just put all that out there. Lord, uh, what about this? Lord, what about that? Lord, here's my 25 questions. Now, give it to me. I would say there's probably some Heavy waiting going on. I, I wouldn't doubt that there was some fasting and some prayer going on. Get still. Get quiet. Why he's troubled? He's troubled with what he's seen in the natural. He, he's, he, see, you got to get calm. you got to let the Holy Spirit filter out all that news. Don't prophesy from what you saw in the news. That's not prophecy. That's all soulish baloney. Uh, get past all of that. Wait, wait, wait until you hear what the Lord would say. And then that word, whatever it is, that word will bring comfort that word will lift you, and that word will envelop you in the peace of God. Don't look for some false thing that's just like a Band-Aid over a wound that's all festering and has never been treated with an antibiotic. No, let God fix it and have the real healing. Have the real thing. Praise God. You know, if you see a guy out on the street, and he's just, he's, he's loaded with muscles, and he's ripped, and he's in shape, and, he, you know, you'd understand that's not normal. It may look like, oh, that's just, you know, he's walking around. And he's, you know, that's just easy. No, you're looking at somebody that has spent hours in the gym. Oh, Pastor Steve, he was just in there for 10 minutes every now and then. Oh, just, just two days a week, you know, 10 or 15 minutes. No, that's not true. You can't, you can't live on a lie. You, you can't get results if you're not going to face the reality of what it takes to get into that place. Whether it's a gym and you're there every day for an hour and a half, and then you're monitoring everything you're eating and stuff like that, which is why Paul said bodily exercise 
profits a little. Uh, but you know, don't get hung up on that because uh, that, that's not really where it's at. But he goes over into the spiritual and, and the righteousness and walking with God, which has benefit not only in this life, but also in the world to come. Mm -hmm. mm. Glory to God. Put the time in, settle in, and just wait. Wait. And if you run out of time in that waiting session, what does that mean? It means you have to go back and wait again some more. <laughs> if you really want to know, because he will answer you. Mm -mm. This is normal. This is how we get our answers. So, so often this is how I get my messages. <laughs> well, Pastor Stephen, you mean you don't just go on the Internet, download somebody's sermon? I could do that, but if I did, I wouldn't get, <laughs> the messages wouldn't have the bite. The axe would still swing, but it wouldn't be sharp. You know what I'm talking about. That's why, by God's grace, we get so many emails by people are saying, I've had people say, Pastor Stephen, are you, are you like following me, watching me? I know you're not, but like, are you looking to my life? Because when you preach, it's like you're talking to me one-on-one. -on -one. <laughs> See, that, that's, not, that's not me. That's, that's the Holy Spirit flowing through me with a prophetic edge, a prophetic bite, that's speaking the now word of the Lord to you. And I, I can't get those messages without waiting. That's the only way I can get them. Reminds me of uh, uh, during the Protestant Reformation, there was a minister in Britain, and uh, oh, he had the bite. He had the bite, and when he stepped into the pulpit, uh, one time he literally stepped into the pulpit, he said, I've got the message. I've got the word of the Lord. He said, but it cost me blood, sweat, and tears to get it. I mean, he was crying, God, we've got to hear from you, because they were facing great persecution. They, they were actually facing the potential of all of them being martyred, and eventually he was. But he was able to get all of the church members uh, into a place of safety just before uh, those that killed him took him into captivity. He was able to tell the rest of the church, disperse, disperse, run, hide, go a certain distance, you'll be safe. I'm going to stay here to make sure you have plenty of time to get out of here. They took him, put him in prison, and eventually they killed him. But his messages, they would feed the sheep with what they needed at that time. Critical, critical to have heard from God. And he would get it. Some, but sometimes he'd, he'd be on his knees for 48 hours. God, you've got to give me the word. What, what is the message that you have for your people? Woohoo! Glory to God. My, my friends, don't get lazy. Don't get lazy. Don't think because you're a Westerner. Don't think that because you're an American. Or don't think because you have an iPad and you have, fi you have fast internet and you've got 5G on your phone that that somehow exempts you from having to wait. No, 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 no. There's, there's only one ancient path. There's only one path that the mystics knew. It's be still and know. And if you don't get still, you're not going to know some things that cannot be gained through any other method or format. Mm, am, I, am I too honest today? Am I too raw today? I'm just trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Woo! Let me close with this. One time... When I was in, in the house, when we lived up on the mountain, we have a different home now. I got tired of the mountain because it was a long gravel road. But to get to that road, you have to take a long, uh, you know, uh, a county maintained road that was not paved. And whenever it, whenever it rained or we had these severe winters, it would get so muddy. And, you know, I just got tired of having the vehicle always covered with mud during the winter. So eventually we sold the home and moved off the mountain. But 
I'll never forget a day that I was on the mountain praying. My wife, she said, she said, Stephen, me and Abigail, we're going to go into town, do a few things. We'll be back later. I said, okay, I'm just going to spend time with the Lord today. She said, great, I'll catch you later. So she heads out to do some things. And so um, I started spending time with the Lord. An hour goes by, having a good time. But it's not like God said anything to me. You know, it's not like I had a, you know, an angel appear. It's not like God spoke something that was life changing. It was just, it was just nice time. Prayer, you know, uh, meditate on some scriptures, pray some more. So spent an hour with the Lord, kept on going. Uh, spent two hours with the Lord, stopped, used the restroom. Okay, you have to do, you have to move around a little bit, but I'm back with the Lord and I'm still pushing in. Got almost to the point where I had been almost three hours with the Lord. When I looked out the window of the bedroom that I was praying in, and I saw Kelly's car coming up the mountain road, and I knew, because I've driven it so many times, that from where she's at, when she gets all the way to the top at that turnaround, she'll do that turnaround, and then she'll start coming down our long driveway, and I knew in my spirit, it's like I said to myself, I've got about two minutes. I've got about two minutes. And right when I had said that within my spirit, right when I said that, God started talking. He started talking and he started sharing so many things and deep revelations from his word. And he started talking to me and sharing so much. I literally felt like I was standing under a fast flowing waterfall where water of revelation was just pouring all over me. And the Lord was sharing so much. I was like having a panorama view of the scriptures and they were, God was showing me what, uh, what they meant and their application. And it was, it was so beautiful. And I, but I, I said, right in the middle of it, I said, but Lord, I said, this is wonderful. But Lord, I've been here for almost three hours. And I said, why did you wait so long to start talking to me? You could have said something earlier. And then the Lord spoke to me. The, the, the revelation of the scriptures that kind of faded back. And all of the beautiful things, the waterfall kind of faded back. And the word of the Lord came to me so clear, right up to me and the Lord said he said I could have spoken to you the moment you knelt down but I waited on purpose and didn't say anything until right at the end because I wanted to keep you here as long as possible because I so enjoy your company and that is true that is true I'm very familiar with the scripture in the Bible that says liars go to the lake of fire. I am telling you that God loves your company. I'm telling you the truth. God loves you. God wants you to spend time with him. Don't you ever think that you're sitting there and nothing's happening. Don't you ever think that you're sitting there seeking God, seeking God, and he, he doesn't know because Jesus is off with Michael and Gabriel and they're playing golf. Don't ever think stuff like that. He sees everything. He sees and knows everything. I was sitting in the house one day, spending time with God, and a thought from my mind kind of just, uh, just kind of went through my mind, because I'd been with the Lord for a long time that day, and a thought came through my mind. I wonder if God knows what I'm thinking right now. And then I had the most unusual thought. I looked out the window, and I, you know, had all these trees out there, and I thought, wow, I don't know why, but it was just, I have the sensation of wanting to go outside, go to the garage, get an axe, and go out and chop a tree down. And I, ha I don't know why I want to do that, but I just thought, I just thought, 
Lord, I feel like going outside, grabbing an axe, and chopping down a tree. And suddenly the Holy Spirit quickened me. Take the word. Open the word. I took my Bible, which was closed, and sat it down, and it just it opened randomly. And when it opened, a verse that's in the Bible, it's in the Old Testament, seemed to lift up off the pages of Scripture. To me, it looked like a hologram. I couldn't even see any other verses. All I could see was that one Scripture being lifted up, and it said, He who takes an axe and goes out and cuts down a tree. I said, Oh, my God. <laughs> I said, you know, every single thing that goes through my mind. Of course, you would also, when you think that, you would think, thank God for the blood of Jesus. You know, you know, that, and the blood, you have to understand the blood's cleansing you all the time because you could think a thought where maybe you're jealous, maybe you're angry, maybe you're upset, maybe you thought something that, you know, so thank God for the blood that's cleansing all the time. And you're, you're in that flow and knowing that you are the righteousness of God, you're at ease. You're at peace. So, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not sin conscious. You're, you're righteousness conscious. But I'm, I'm telling you, he knows, he knows every breath you take. He watches you while you're sleeping. He knows every single about, thing about you, your deepest desires, your dreams, the things you've told nobody. Some things you've not even, you haven't even told your spouse. God knows you. He is the original manufacturer of who you are. And he wants to talk to you. He wants to unveil things to you. And some of them are critical. And some of them you need to know. And some of them to, to you right now, they're muddy. It's a, it's a muddy water. And you, can, you, can't, you can't see through it. You can't see to the bottom. But if you want to know, there are those who have walked that path, who have found out, not just for themselves, but for others, because they know how to get into the throne room. And they can help others too. And I'd like for you to be that person. God wants you to be that person. But let's just, let's just settle it. Waiting is the hardest part. If you're willing to put the time in, he will talk. He will, you, know, you can't force him. But if you're willing to put the time in, <laughs> he'll talk. And uh, don't be shocked at what he says. That's between you and him. But I'll tell you, you want him to get close? Uh, he can get close. He'll get in your toothpaste. He'll, he'll get up. He'll get right up to you and woo, woo, hallelujah. Oh, you, he can do it. Absolutely. That's, he'll get just as close as you want him to. Hallelujah. Praise God. Let me pray for you. Father, I pray for those that are watching that they be willing to do what in many ways has become a lost art in the church. We thank you for the grace message. It's endorsed by you. It's traveled the world. But there's also the other side of the coin that we also have... We also have certain principles that if we do not operate those principles, even with grace, some things remain locked and apart. So we ask you for grace to wait, anointing to wait, as well as determination in our own hearts to do all that we can to give you time, to give you room to speak. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, set free and set loose of people that are willing to wait that understand the old maybe we could even call it Pentecostal secrets of how to get in there and get these answers we thank you Father God we thank you Father God I see spiritual bloodhounds being raised up right now and there is a scent there is a track there is a there's a path in the spirit and I've, I've taught a lot about smell and you can get on that path in the spirit. 
Holy Father, anoint your people as spiritual bloodhounds. They can get on that trail and pick it up and stay on that trail all the way till they get to the destination of what is being looked for. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now say, I receive the anointing of the spiritual bloodhound. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. By the way, um, because, you know, I'm, I'm here in the Carolinas or what would be considered, considered the South, there are those that still use hunting dogs and bloodhounds. And it takes a lot of training. Oh, yes, they have phenomenal noses and they have ears that are designed to waft. Those ears actually drag on the ground and they, they stir that smell up, that, that scent up, and bring it into the nose of the, uh, of the bloodhound. But even still with that, even with those tremendous natural abilities, it takes a lot of training and a lot of learning for a dog to get real, real good, even a bloodhound, at tracking. It takes a lot of training because, see, these dogs, they'll want to get off, they'll want to get sidetracked by a rabbit or something like that. And they, they can lose the trail, lose the scent because there's something else they want to follow. So you have to really stay on it. That's why you've got to get real steel because you can only pick up that path, that trail in the spirit. It's a spiritual trail. You, you can get on it, though. I'm telling you, you can. And you're going to. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're going to take communion in just a moment. If you're watching today's message and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, don't wait another day. Today is your day of salvation. If you would like to get your heart right with God right now and have a God who actually talks to you and speaks to you and loves you and who will live in you through the Holy Spirit, pray this right now. Say, Lord Jesus. I acknowledge that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross and that you rose from the dead on the third day and that you are seated now at the right hand of the Heavenly Father. Jesus, you died for my sins. So right now, pray this after me, right now, I put my faith and my trust in you. Wash my sins away. Give me your new life. Write my name in your book of life. Right now, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen and amen. The Lord has heard your prayer, and he has already answered. You now belong to him. Now live for him and serve him. If you are a Christian who has fallen away from the Lord, and you, you're watching me, but your life is not right with God, come back right now. If that's you, say this. Say, Jesus, I'm back. Now, forgive me of all of my sins and help me get back on the track with you and follow you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for redeeming me back. Amen and amen. He loves you so much. Praise God. Let's all take Holy Communion. I want to encourage you now. Grab some grape juice and some unleavened bread. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this bread, this grape juice. We set it apart as holy through this prayer. We thank you. This is now the body and the blood of Christ, our Savior. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Right now, what you're supposed to be tracking, Revelation is flowing concerning what you're supposed to pursue. Mm -mm. And if you'll pursue the Lord concerning that, he'll give you the answer. But you're going to have to get real still. 
Thank you, Father God. We receive your word. We receive the body of Jesus and his promises that if we become still, we will know. Thank you. Thank you. In your name, we pray. Amen. Let's receive the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Woo! We thank you that you know all of our thoughts, all of the time, day, night, everything. You know everything about us. But we thank you that because, Father, we are in your Son, when you see us, you see us in Christ. And therefore, his righteousness has been imputed to us. Therefore, we look at you face to face with our chins up because you love us and the blood of your son has washed all of our sins away. So we thank you, Father, that that blood is cleansing and washing right now, every moment, because we are imperfect and we make mistakes sometimes when we don't even know it. We, we can do something wrong and not even realize we said something or did something. But Lord, that blood is cleansing all the time because we are in Christ. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Father. And we thank you that you're also working in us to mature and perfect the image of Christ in us. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. We receive it with great thanksgiving right now. In the Lord's name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me close with this. When you really go after the Lord and you make sacrifices to say no to certain things, to say yes to God. And I'm not saying, I'm not talking about saying no to responsibilities that you have to get done. We understand work, we understand family, but I'm talking about things that don't really matter. You know, a lot of that falls in the category known as recreation, okay? But when you're willing to really go after the Lord, lay something else down in order to go after the Lord and seek Him. If you really go down that path, I've seen the Lord anoint a lot of people in that area where the Lord will start actually bringing them into what you could even consider a calling. And they were never thinking about that. But I've seen the Lord do it. And the next thing you know, because that person is so hungry, so seeking God, the next thing you know, some type of teaching anointing is now coming on them. Or they, they find themselves more involved in the house of God, more involved in supporting the ministry, more involved in the work of God. And the next thing you know, whoo, spiritual gifts start flowing out. Mm -mm -mm. There's no telling where you might go from there. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, he'll take you on to higher plateaus. Glory to God. Doesn't mean he's going to change your career, but who knows? Who knows? Be open to anything with the Lord. Praise God. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Mm -mm. Sometimes I, I talk to certain people, and sometimes I'll ask people what they what do they want to do. Maybe like a young person in their twenties. Sometimes they'll tell me something that, that this is what they want to do. And often, sometimes the moment they say it, I know, I know that's not God's plan for their life. But I, I encourage them. I, I, don't, I don't say that. I just pray for them. I'm like, Lord, don't let them go down that path 
that's really not your path to them. That actually would harm them to go down that route. Lord, let them, let them catch the revelation you have for them. Lord, let them really seek after you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And the Lord, he'll illuminate it in such a beautiful way, and it will remove any doubt. Praise God. Let me say this. If there were anything that a person needed to know, if they were called into, and it was of God, that would be ministry. Woo! For a person to get in the ministry, because their grandmother said, grandson, you just look like a preacher. I tell you what, the way you comb your hair and smile, you just look like you a preacher. Well, that's not going to work when the devil starts throwing the darts. You're going to have to know that you know that God called you, because if you don't, you're never going to make it. Praise God. But anything that God truly calls you to do or calls you to, he will confirm it. Very, very strongly. Mm -mm. But so much of that confirmation comes out of knowing. How do we know? Through waiting. Praise God. All right. Praise the Lord. Thank you for joining me today. And I will see you in the spiritual waiting areas of prayer. And I know that God has some amazing things that he wants to show you. And I believe that you will be a person who will wait and put that time in of praying and seeking, crying out to God. Hallelujah. You'll be blessed. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.